0: down the tiber on balsa wood planks until they vanished from sight around a sinuous bend in the dark river she accepted all she was taught by her elders with the open-armed trust of childhood because even at 23 when most would have considered her a woman eliana had been still in many ways a child then three years ago everything changed now from necessity she was all grown up "'But she wasn't thinking about any of that "'as she stood in silent contemplation of the Michelangelo. "'She was thinking she'd better get moving "'because the night guard would make his scheduled appearance "'around the far corner of the sculpture hall "'in exactly three minutes and seventeen seconds, "'and she had a painting to steal before he did. "'With a sigh of regret, she turned from the statue "'and made her way silently down the shadowed marble hall, "'enjoying the feel of the cool air on her naked skin.' She rounded another corner and stopped abruptly as she caught sight of Canova's famous statue. Erotic and beautiful, the marble work titled Psyche Revived by Cupid's Kiss depicted two mythological lovers ensnared forever in a passionate near-kiss. Seeing that, Cupid's languorous embrace, Psyche's sensual, pliant surrender, sparked an unwanted memory that pierced her heart, sharp as knives demetrius her stomach twisted into a knot heat made her face feel molten then abruptly without sound or warning the flesh and bone woman that was eliana dissolved into mist she didn't even need to consciously think it anymore vapor shifting was as natural to her as breathing as natural as the first time it had happened to her at thirteen years old when her cunaria had tried to force her to eat boiled eggs and she'd balked. One minute she was sitting at the polished stone table with her lips smashed together in disgust, the next, poof, vanished. Only the strongest of her kind could shift to vapor, and so she was grateful, but to this day she loathed eggs. Vapor was only one of her many gifts, but one that offered a precious benefit the others didn't—escape. Now, relieved of the terrible burden of feelings, she floated in a ruffling pale-gray plume for a moment, regaining equilibrium. Disconnected from a body, she was still herself. Her mind remained, as did the strength of her will. But there was no heartbeat, no respiration, no emotion or digestion— just the lovely and calming sensation of freedom from gravity, of herself, weightless as air. An applied thought, up, and she drifted toward the ceiling, far enough above the lovers below that they became slightly less offensive. She turned away and surged off through the vast darkness of the museum, a shimmering cloud of vapor headed toward room 77 and the romantic paintings where one of her other powerful gifts would come into play. A Degas was the prize tonight. Not too famous, not too large, it would still command a good price on the black market and wouldn't be too easy to trace by the authorities or too hard to remove from the wall. Contrary to popular belief, museum security systems are typically some of the worst. Unlike the movies, which would lead one to believe a field of invisible lasers and infrared cameras are de rigueur, the reality is closer to the sorry duo of underpaid, badly trained security personnel and mechanical gates. Most jewelry stores are far more secure, as are all banks. Eliana knew this from experience. And for a woman who could not only dissolve into a wisp of air, but who was able, even better— to become invisible in the cover of shadow while still retaining a physical body that could lift and carry a painting. The temptation of stealing into buildings that were closed, locked, and legally verboten became too great. But that wasn't the primary reason. Money was the primary reason. Crass, yes, but she needed money to continue her father's research, and her people needed to eat, so she'd resorted to using her gifts as a way to avoid starvation. It wasn't as if they were going to start feeding on humans, after all, no matter how much her brother Caesar tried to convince her it was their birthright, and that the sorry creatures were quite tasty. Think of them as cows, he'd argued again not two days prior. You like beef, don't you? Yes, she liked beef, but she liked humans, too, for the most part.